The time is 9 o'clock. You're listening to CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. Hello and welcome to Tantramar Report on CHMA 106.9 FM and chmafm.com. We're broadcasting from Sackville, New Brunswick, the heart of the Maritimes, on the traditional and unceded lands of the Mi'kmaq people. I'm Erica Butler. It's Tuesday, October 24th. On today's show... After a couple of months of data collection, uh, Sackville would appear as one of the communities on the national COVID-19 dashboard. We take a look at some of the items discussed at yesterday's Tantamar Council Committee of the Whole meeting, including a proposal to bring Sackville online with a national wastewater testing program to monitor levels of COVID-19. That's coming up shortly, but first, some news and information briefs. Three people died on Saturday night in a fatal car crash on Highway 2 in Fort Lawrence between the Nova Scotia Visitor Information Centre and the town of Amherst. Cumberland County District RCMP say they are investigating the collision between a car and an SUV that were both travelling in the same direction on the two-lane highway on October 21st at approximately 10pm. Three of four people in the SUV were pronounced dead at the scene, including a two-month-old infant, a 26-year-old man and a 43-year-old woman. The fourth person in the SUV was a 21-year-old woman who suffered serious injuries and was taken to hospital. Both people in the car survived with a 19-year-old woman suffering serious injuries and a 24-year-old man suffering minor injuries, according to police. An RCAP collision reconstructionist attended the scene and the investigation is ongoing. A proposed building for 35 Main Street will no longer include eight one-bedroom apartments, as was proposed back in July. The rental housing was removed from the project due to a need for expediency, says the CEO of the company that is building the project. Harold Daly of Quest Properties says a dental clinic planned for the main floor of the building was always the priority. Via email to CHMA, Daly said a second and third story, including eight rental apartments, would add too much time to the construction schedule for the project, and so the project will now include just a single-story commercial development only. The proposal came before Tantramar Council Monday afternoon in an application under the town's economic development incentive. Over the first five years after the project is completed, Tantramar will rebate a portion of the property tax on the building. The $800,000 project is estimated to get just under $55,000 in tax rebates over the five-year period and pay $39,000 in remaining taxes. The current taxes on the vacant property beside Town Hall are just under $900 per year. The proposed dental clinic is billed as Sackville Smiles on the project application, and a numbered company owns the property with Moncton-based dental surgeon Daniel Nachat listed as director. Tangemar Council could be in store for some debate over a project recommended by Renaissance Sackville, which would see $3,200 of the organization's $25,000 budget go towards the building and refurbishing of Corsi Rosenthal boxes in the municipality. Corsi Rosenthal boxes are made with commercially available furnace filters and a box fan and are used to improve indoor air quality by filtering out small particles. Sackville resident Dave Thomas applied to Renaissance Sackville to fund about 20 new boxes for use in not-for-profit spaces around the municipality to help cut down on respiratory disease transmission over the winter months. The project first came up at Council's September Committee of the Whole meeting, but a decision slated for October 10th was delayed after two councillors, Bruce Finney and Barry Hicks, expressed a desire for more information. 
Two other counselors, Matt Estabrooks and Debbie Wiggins-Colwell, said during that meeting that they would not support funding of the project. On Monday, the proposal came back to a committee of the whole meeting for a second time, and Councillor Matt Estabrooks continued to express doubts for approving the project. Although the project was approved by Renaissance Sackville, Estabrooks says he doesn't think it fits the group's funding criteria. He also questioned the need for nonprofit groups who might be renting their space to improve their indoor air quality and whether the boxes were CSA approved. Councillor Barry Hicks and Bruce Finney asked similar questions and town engineer John Eppel weighed in with what he knew. Has there been any study done on them that they are, they do work to clean the air? Are they CSA approved or? So I think that the system relies on a mechanically recognized filter media, which is I think a MERV 7, M-E-R-V 7, which is rated for filtering out viruses and other small par- particulate. The, the box is pretty basic. It's four filters taped together with a commercially available fan unit. So there's not really a CSA certified. The components are all CSA certified. Um, the, the, the trick is to draw, you're basically just drawing the air through the filter media and you can buy the filters almost anywhere because they are a higher uh, grade filter they had do have a significant cost to them and thus I suspect the request is for supply of materials but I don't yeah. know the details. Councillor Finney. Jumped in Mr. Apple I'll ask you then. Um, in one building companies and they have buildings and stuff and these people are renting from them is it not mandatory for them to have air quality in their buildings? So the answer to that is yes. I think in the times of COVID that these were became popular because they take it to a higher level of comfort as far as to what's being filtered out than what you might normally find. That's town engineer John Eppel responding to questions from councillors Bruce Finney and Barry Hicks on Monday afternoon. All of Council, except Bruce Finney and Matt Estabrooks, voted to send the Renaissance Sackville grant request on to their next regular meeting on November 14th, where they will have a final vote on whether or not to approve $3,200 in funding for a Corsi-Rosenthal box project in Tanchamar. A project that was delayed by Council at their last meeting on October 10th is in danger of not being completed before a funding deadline of December 31st. Earlier this month, town staff town staff brought forward a proposed project to install two level two EV chargers in Dorchester beside the Veterans Community Center. The project would be partially funded through NB Power's plug-in NB program and cost the municipality an additional $9,500. Here's climate change coordinator Brittany Cormier making the pitch on October 10th. Staff have identified the DVCC as a valuable location for these level two chargers based on existing electrical infrastructure. It's easy to connect uh, to the power. It's a Tantramar owned owned facility, high visibility for both accessibility and security, the proximity to amenities, restaurants, shopping, museums, public library, and gorgeous green spaces right on the valley, seeing the river and... uh, the train passing by. It's a cost-efficient, timely, and effective way of increasing Tanchmar's electrical vehicle charging infrastructure. 
After a few questions on October 10th, Council voted to delay a decision on the Dorchester EV charges with a motion, with a motion from Councillor Matt Esterbrooks, who said he wanted some time at a committee of the whole meeting to further discuss the proposal. That discussion happened on Monday afternoon, but was entirely taken up with how to get the project approved in time to meet a December 31st deadline for funding for Chanchamar's operating budget. Due to a delivery time of two to four weeks on the chargers, Corporate Services Director Kieran Miller said that with a possible council approval not slated until November 14th, that could mean the chargers would not be received until December 12th, leaving very little time for installation. Councillor Josh Gogan pressed the issue with advice from Town Clerk Donna Beal. The matter will now get moved to the next special meeting of council, either today, October 24th, or next week on November 1st. That motion passed unanimously. Later in the meeting, Kieran Miller gave two other updates on the town's EV charging infrastructure. First, with the new DC fast charger installed last month in downtown Sackville beside the post office. Council may have heard that some EV users have experienced problems connecting to the new charger and working closely with Flow on resolving any issues. Uh, they sent an electrician on site this past Friday to troubleshoot and make repairs and um, I checked the usage report, so no one has charged since then, so I can't tell if it's fixed, but we'll be keeping an eye on it. And if you have an EV, maybe you could try <laughs> plugging in to confirm it's working. Another three DC fast chargers were due to be installed by NB Power this fall at the Visitor Information Centre in Sackville, but Miller had some bad news about those. If uh, council remembers when we purchased our level three, there was a delayed delivery. Uh, MB Power doesn't have any advantages. <laughs> they are also experiencing some delays in delivery of their chargers. So they will look to do um, some of the civil engineering work on site um, this fall, but the actual chargers will likely be installed in the spring. That's Corporate Services Director Kieran Miller speaking at council on Monday. Sackville may soon join the list of 62 communities in Canada who are having their wastewater tested regularly to spot trends in COVID-19. At Tanchmark Council's Committee of the Whole meeting on Monday, Town Engineer John Eppel told Council about a recent offer from NB Public Health to participate in the growing surveillance program. So we were invited by Department of Health to participate in the COVID-19 dashboard program. This is a COVID-19 initiative that uh, several communities across New Brunswick have been invited to participate in. It has the ability to sample for COVID-19, influenza A, influenza B, and RSV. And as the technology advances, I'm sure there's other things they can check for. They're also able to determine what strain of COVID we're seeing. So this is uh, very useful in uh, in the world of health and also wastewater. The reason they're interested in Sackville as a community for this monitoring is because we're a provincial border town, the university and the demographic of our population. So um, the estimated cost for this is about 18500 That's for us to purchase an automatic sampler and for some of the training and installation work that has to happen to support that. The cost is fully funded by the province at 18500 it's probable that we'll have some minor incremental costs for going and collecting the samples, things that are very difficult for us to measure, but we're estimating that it might be as much as $75 a month as part of Tantamar's participation in this. So 
we are we think this is a really good thing and that after a couple of months of data collection uh, Sackville would appear as one of the communities on the national COVID-19 dashboard so that people could in the public could monitor how we're doing or how badly we're doing um, hopefully the, the not 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 bad but good so staff is recommending that council approve the purchase and installation of an auto sampler so that we're able to proceed with this that's town engineer john apple speaking to council on monday the wastewater surveillance program would test at the crescent street lagoons only there's no proposal to include testing in middle sackville or dorchester which have separate systems Council's next regular meeting is November 14th, but before then, a number of special budget meetings will take place starting today at 3 p.m. with a special meeting to look at proposed water and sewer utility budgets for Tanchamar. That's it for Tanchamar Report for this Tuesday, October 24th. Thanks to the local donors who support the station and the Local Journalism Initiative for funding local news reporting throughout Canada. Get in touch with CHMA News anytime at news at chmafm.com. I'm Erica Butler. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Marley and you're listening to CHMA. And now the weather. Today, sunny. Fog batch is dissipating earlier this morning. High of 12. UV index 3 or moderate. Tonight, clear. Fog batch is developing overnight. Low plus 5. Tomorrow, Wednesday, mainly sunny. Fog patch is dissipating early in the morning. Wind becoming southwest 20 kilometers an hour in the afternoon. High of 17. UV index 3 or moderate. Tomorrow night, cloudy periods with 30% chance of showers. Low of 11. Thursday, a mix of sun and cloud, high of 19. Thursday night, cloudy periods, low of 11. Good morning, and what a beautiful foggy morning it is. That was your Tanchamar Report with Erica and your top of the hour weather update with Omver. I'm your late morning host, JC, and you are listening to CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick, Voice of the Marshes. The time is 9.14, a.k.a. the perfect time for a few local announcements. So, every Thursday at 7.30 p.m., the Sackville Film Society plays a film at the Amherst Theatre. Tickets are $10, and this week's film is Swan Song, directed by Chelsea McMullen. Chelsea McMullen's Intimate Process documentary takes us inside the National Ballet of Canada's 2022 production of Swan Lake, choreographed for the first time by the company's artistic director, Karen Kane, who famously debuted in the ballet in 1971. For more information on this event, please head to SackvilleFilmSociety.com. All right. Later this week... On the weekend, actually, the Tanchmar Heritage Trust is having their annual fundraising dinner this Saturday. Place your bid on prized silent auction items such as a five-hour sailboat excursion on the Kennebecasis, a historical tour of the region, or various items donated by local businesses. Get into the Halloween spirit with stories about Peaky, the Mount Allison ghost, as well as the Great Amherst Mystery. 
and test your knowledge with Al Smith's famous table trivia. Tickets are $50 per person and include a $25 tax receipt. If you have any questions or would like to purchase a ticket, please call 506-536-2541. That's 506-536-2541. All right, and now back to the music. So up next for your enjoyment is Canadian Shannon Chapman with Rain On Me. Kim and you're listening to CHMA.
could live forever Eating ice cream in the sun The whole town's talking about her It's on the lips of everyone That I meet She's with me So they understand Why I've been thinking God's country is wherever I am Unbelievable plenty Some folks just got it all But me and my baby We're like honey on a spoon Along came June like a flower in my hand So I've been thinking God's country is wherever I am can't conceive of heaven then what can we conceive she's been talking about something that will make it all worthwhile so I'll tie my shoes what do I have to lose I've never made a plan and I've been Countries wherever I am. I've been thinking God's country is wherever I am. That was God's Country by Alexander Gallant. I am your late morning host, JC, and you are listening to CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick, broadcasting to you all live from the third floor of the Mount Allison Student Center. The time is 9.22, and that is the perfect time for a few more local announcements to keep all of you beautiful CHMA listeners informed and updated. All right, so, tickets are now available for the Mount Allison Drama Studies production of Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. This comically grim musical set in Victorian England is perfect viewing for the spookiest time of the year. The show will run from October 25th to October 28th, and each performance will be held at 7.30pm at the Moite Fancy Theatre in the Purdy Crawford Centre for the Arts Building. General admission is $15, but seniors can get tickets for $10, and students can get tickets for $5. On Thursday, so just a few days away, October 26th, it will be Pay What You Can. So make sure you check out Sweeney Todd. It's bound to be an awesome time. Uh, If you have any questions and for more information, please check out the Mount Allison Drama Studies social media page at DramaMTA. All right, let's do one more announcement. So, 
celebrate the new book, Mary Pratt, A Love Affair with Vision, by joining curator Muriel Egan and Mount Allison's Dr. Anne Koval for a conversation on the artist. Mary Pratt's luminescent paintings capture reality in a way that few artists have been able to achieve. Replete with symbolism, Pratt's work elevates the traditional style life by transforming the everyday into the iconic. This event takes place on Wednesday, November 1st at 7 p.m. in the Moitié Fancy Theater at the Purdy Crawford Center for the Arts. A reception will follow. All are welcome and the author will be available for autographs. Copies of the book will be available at Tidewater after the event. All right. So up next, for that much-needed, energizing boost on this beautiful Tuesday morning, we have Neighborly with their song, Java Fever. Take forever.
Craig Brett, and you're listening to CHMA. There's a lady in the garden, and she's burning down your porch. Yes, that fire keeps on burning. She just dropped another torch. 